You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Sheena Shea, Shea FK, Shea F. Kennedy. Looking fine and I got my girls with me Uh, With the boys at the table getting tipsy Miss me, kiss me one more time Get over here boy, I'ma make you mine Do you want it? Welcome to Axe Ryan, the Hardcore Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And uh, before we get into uh, the the most punker uh, episode to date, uh, let's do let's do some ad reads. Mm, advertisements. Uh, shout out to our sponsors. That is Run for Cover Records. Oh, I'm going to labor them with some shit in their email in a couple days. That is Deathwish Inc. Oh, uh, I do not talk about this often enough. Uh, people that have been so cool to me when they didn't need to be. That would be To Live a Lie. Oh, To Live a Lie. I have a record I want to talk about. Ooh, and of course, where we're going to start today, Closed Casket Activities. Oh, tell me more. Closed Casket Activities, go to closedcasketactivities.com, the website of choice for people who like heavy and hard music. Maybe you like both, maybe you like one, maybe you like the other. Closed Casket Activities has got it for you. Tom, today we are talking about a new release that is coming, oh, on the 13th of July. Um, I.e. tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day this came out. Thank you. The band is Skinhead. Mm. The record is Skinhead. Mm. Fucking uh, easy to remember. I like that. Uh, vaguely LA based, I believe. This is a 12 inch uh, featuring a brand new EP. Um, the first line on the EP, let me just like tease it, is uh, "Punch you in the face." How you like? Th- how do you like that feeling? <laughs> yeah, that's a good first line. Uh, Spoiler: is, Getting hit by anybody in that band would probably. Yeah, not, you're not loving the feeling. No, no it's the feeling. Not like the great. feeling. Not not like the feeling. Uh, this band did it right from the jump because with a name like Skinhead, you go, okay, is it going to be like Oi? Is it going to be like two on the no- nose Oi? Is it going to be boring? Is it going to be like the most stereotypical version of what I'm thinking of this? Nah. What they did was a cool hardcore version, but with plenty of oi kind of street punk punk in the mix. Uh, but they kept it hard and they keep it fast. Um, I'm particularly drawn to the vocals of this band. I think they're clear <clears throat> but rough. You understand the words this person is saying. Uh, it's really fun cadence. I think it's easy to get into this band right away because the lyrics are easy to grasp. And somebody told me somebody told me the the drug church of street violence. Is that is that true? I've heard rumors of such (laughs) that it was like it was like oh drug church like like lifted a weight like this this Mm -hmm. but for many years yeah that first I guess it was an EP or a demo that came out last year it was on like. Mm 
some of our lists of like of like the oh, yeah. releases of the year. Super fucking catchy, like funny, but also like if if you're a subject of it, it like that's being mentioned, it's terrifying. Um, but it's just it's just a, such a well done like rock. Yeah, it's not like you know how like sometimes you see it's like there there. I mean, since the chisel has been here, there's been sort of like an oi, mm-hmm. like fantasy. Yeah, you know, skinhead essence. Yeah, right. This is not that. This has been like this is like more of a hardcore record, but it's mm-hmm. it's super super catchy. So yeah, the 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 new EP is four songs. Yep. Um, um, and the titles. A, oh yeah, give them the titles. Go ahead. This gives you a good idea of the vibe. All right. So the 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 album is called Skinhead by the band Skinhead. Track one, Dead Skinhead. Track two, Soft Boiled. Mm. Track three, RSVP. Track four, One Percenter Skinhead. <laughs> Having heard this record, it's fucking awesome. If you liked the first release, you will like this release. I promise. And this, is com- this is coming out as a 12-inch EP. Uh, the B-side will be the e- Skinhead EP from prior release. Um, it's awesome. Fuck You're going to go to... Yes, fuck That's what the I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I don't you know if I have that. the the stance. Is that our official? Game. Yeah, is that our official stance as Axe to Grind? Do we say f- f fake skins? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like fake skins. I don't even know what a fucking real skin is. I I got no fucking opinion on when people talk about like uh, all these weird uh, little skinhead rituals and shit. I go, I don't know, man. Yeah, I I got hair. Get me the fuck out of this conversation. <laughs> Closecastingactivities.com. Order it whether you got hair or not. Thank you very much. Patrick, bring us over to tolivealie.com. Click that web store. And where are you at on this one? Okay, so uh, you might have talked about this previously, but I'm, I don't, and it's possible this is a, a cassette, so it might have sold through already. Maybe I'm doing To Live a Lie, no help here. I just, I tripped over this uh, and I just enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so I'm going to big up it. And uh, if there's something to buy there, you buy it. And if there's not, then you go listen and get into this. Uh, Obsolete Man, uh, which is a a provocative name, so I'm going to click on it, right? I'm like, oh, let's check out what To Live a Lie's got going on. This came out in May, so I'm behind on shit. But uh, Obsolete Man, uh, the cassette's name is Glory Be to the Bomb. And look, you're doubling up on your provocative names. You're killing it. You know, (laughs) You you got Patrick right where he likes to be. Uh, what a great band name. What a great title, right? That's what I'm saying. And then uh, what I liked about it uh, is that it was not at all what I expect to live a lie from to live a lie. And th- to mix it up this deep into the label, I think is fun, particularly when it's like you get the impression that, okay, he must really love this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because he's, it's not, it's not down the middle to live a lie. It is, this has more in common with uh, incendiary than it does uh, Magruder grind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's kind of, uh, forgive me. It's kind of fucking bouncy fucking bop you over the head with, uh, with like a soft, but closed fists uh, t- type of hardcore. It is, uh, it, it's hard in the right ways. It's fucking, uh, it's got bounce to it. If you liked, uh, if you like incendiary, if, it, uh, uh, if you like, uh, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, Oh, mind force. Certainly. Uh, this is kind of, this is modern sounding in a way that I didn't 
anticipate. If you like Pummel, actually, you might fuck with this. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a lot uh, that is just kind of out of what I have come to think of as the To Live a Lie uh, wheelhouse, and it pays off. I think that this is a good record, good demo. Yeah, list. I really like it. I think this is a cool tape. So everybody, go check out Obsolete Man, Glory Be to the Bomb cassette. Oh yeah, to you can still. Buy, it looks like you can still buy it. So I'm not. Oh, I'm not fucking anybody over. To Live a Lie Check it out, everybody. Buy something. Buy something fast. Buy. <laughs> Guys, how we doing? How we feeling? Uh, I'm I'm feeling r- really. You good. on the good foot? You on the good foot? You well, back I on had, tour? You're feeling good? I well, I, I came home, had a little. Uh, uh, what do you call it when you when you can't sleep or then you can't sleep too much? Um, uh, jet lag, and uh, have slept. Uh, so I woke up one day at three in the morning. Did not go back to bed. Uh, that's a weird vibe for me. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm getting in. I'm getting in the spirit again. Uh, had some veg- vegetable dumplings. Uh, feeling all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my little journey on that. I don't know if we've talked. Uh, I almost got stuck in Oman. Uh, and Oman. Oh, oh, oh man. And I was. Uh, if that had happened, I was going to FaceTime everybody in my phone to say, "This is going to be the only time in your life." that you get FaceTime from Oman. Uh, instead I ended up at a hotel or a travel hotel in Malaysia, uh, on 1% battery life with no cash. And, uh, it was, uh, stressful in the way that travel can be. Uh, but I am back home now and, uh, enjoying myself. Love to hear it. Tom, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. It's early morning for me on a Saturday. I, I know my yo, punk so, life last night, uh, which I want to get to in my non-punk life here. I went to bed probably around, I think I watched like two and a half NBA summer league games and then fell asleep around 10. Nice. Um, I slept, I slept till seven twenty today. Mm, wow. Crazy, so that means the kids crazy. all played along. I, I, mean, I was the, fir- I was still the first person up, but usually that's like two hours late for me. So, um, the baby doing- sleeps in that late. Oh hell yeah, she chills. She's she's God, got a good man. Yeah. You home, you hit the grand slam. I, I can't I can't complain about that part. But um, wow. Now I will say this: <clears throat> you had a little more exciting night than watching sports on TV. Why don't you go in? I went to a punk rock. <laughs> yeah, well, this is Tom. Topic. Tom from Woodside. Um, <laughs> I like to do a pit report. Uh, it's probably gonna be long. I'm sorry. I know you said a minute, but this is going to be 17 minutes long. Um, I went to see Irving Plaza, the tour. It was uh, – oh, hold on. Can, can we pause for one second? My bagel is going to go. Yeah, yeah, get the bagel. Get the bagel. We'll, we'll vamp. Patrick. Vamp. Have you ever called in live to a sports talk or other style talk radio show? Uh, yes. I call into uh, the objective uh, perspective, uh, for, uh, the star report featuring uh, – uh, uh, Toy Torain, uh, who is uh, formerly known as Star of the Star and Star and Buck Wild show, mm-hmm. uh, who does a uh, you could you could kind of for people that don't know this fella, I just find him so interesting. He's uh, uh, he, he comes from the rap world, but he that wasn't his first love. He's kind of like a, a a rock guy that just started reporting on rap, like like for example. He will post on his socials. He'll he'll be like, 
yo, does anybody have, you know, pick some rock record, like an, yeah. Aero, an Aerosmith, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have an Aerosmith uh, uh, platinum plaque that they'll trade me for this uh, Jay Z one? <laughs> so he uh, he's a guy who was involved in radio for a long time, but he's uh, uh, peculiar. Like he, mm. he's uh, he's into Randian philosophy. He, uh, you know, like he he thinks that he he will often say the exact opposite thing of what you anticipate or he's supposed to and that makes him a fun broadcaster so Mm. occasionally i will i will call in and depending on which show of the day he's doing he will tell me to stop swearing really interesting interesting you you're cursing on the air guy yeah not on purpose it's just that like other people are calling your normal cadence yeah Yeah, i mean i thought i could i thought i could get one off and he he was like sir sir i'm going to disconnect you if you continue to use these uh, profanities Wow. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, all right. Back was, he to on, was he on on the show with academics at one point? He was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He took over for Button, right? That's right. Bad, okay. bad, bad fit, but the most. No, yeah, not great at all. Most fascinating. Broadcast. And he's got like an 80s radio voice. Yes. Oh, and he, that's he, charming. And he knows. Like he it sounds and, like if you were like, this could be Art Bell. Yeah. A hundred percent. He talks like they very like clenched. Jaw kind of, it's very which, strange to describe. To describe, describe. Which, by the way, everybody, there's the Art Bell archives of uh, Coast to Coast, and recently the Neil Adams episode has been released. Really? And for people that don't know, Neil Adams, uh, brilliant R. comic R. book creator, uh, recently passed away. <clears throat> but he was also, respectfully to Neil Adams and his family, also a bit of a loon who yep. uh, believed in the expanding Earth theory. So go go find that episode and get that in your life. Tom from Woodside, you're on the air. Yeah, how you doing? I mean, everything bagel over here. Um, long time listener, first time caller. Um, so I went to Irving Plaza last night in wonderful um, Manhattan. Yes. Um, Excuse me. So, yeah, I got there very early. So my buddy, who was involved in putting on the show, mm. was like, right, you want to roll, roll with me? I'm like, sure. And he's like, I got a beer at six. Uh. I go, all right. So I was working from home. I'm ready, whatever. We're like, you know, parking. I go, why'd you have to be here at six? Because, usually, you know, he usually books the stuff and there's other people that, like, kind of handle the day-to-day stuff. For sure. He's like, oh, we're eating pizza with seven seconds of negative approach. I'm like, did I win a contest? <laughs> I feel like I won like some headbangers ball contest. Sure. So I'm like sitting there, it's like pizza, or whatever, and all of a sudden I hear, yo, check it out, it's pizza. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, it's John Brandon. <laughs> like his Twitter Twitter is him in real life. That's cool. So it's real. It's real. Yeah. Check, and, I'm t- and I'm starting to think. And and people out there listening, correct me if I'm wrong or or back me if I'm right. I think John John Brandon. Maybe a sex symbol. Oh, I could see really? that. I could see that. Dude, anytime I've ever seen him play in New York City, there are several attractive rocker women. Yeah. Like in his orbit the entire time before he hits the stage. <clears throat> well, Love it. let's Love talk it. about this. He's He's got a strong face. He's got a large yes. head. 
Uh-huh. The, these two things can make you attractive, even if you are respectfully to uh, Mr. Brand, uh, not traditionally attractive. They can still make you attractive. So, but you I also think you that, know him from his face contortions on stage while he's screaming. That's true. I I never seen a man smile. That's a good point. Well, he smiled when he saw pizza, which was pretty <laughs> great. Um, Were you pulled into the orbit? <laughs> no, I. You know what? I I I was a little intimidated. Resisted the charm. Well, I mean, he was just, it was like, I felt like a fucking, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the sore thumb because it was like, oh, cool. It's like a tour package eating pizza. Right. And I'm just like around. Right. (laughs) An odd. No, I mean, I want to be like, yeah, can you put your slice down so I can shake your hand and thank you for all you've done for punk and hardcore over the year? You know what I mean? Like, um, I did hear Kevin Tackens complain, which I wanted to be like, you know what, man? Amen. He goes, there's this new thing this kids do. Like when they stage dive, they grab like the nape of the singer's neck. Oh, I'm familiar. And they try to like drag you into the crowd. Yeah. It's it's like, all, this is responsible for uh, two uh, near arm breaks for me. Uh, and for people that uh, don't know what I look like, I have a very long and slender neck that's not built to be hung upon. No. So, so yeah, I'm very yeah. familiar with this phenomenon that you're talking about. So he was like, he was talking to the bass player from Negative Approach, and he's like, I fucking hate it. He's like, I fucking hate it. He goes, and he goes, hey, man. You know, it was like, it was almost as if he was giving a speech. He goes, hey, you know what? Like, stage is yours, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Still no, that's a good, all right. You know what? Because this is not something, this is not like new, new in terms of no, the conversation. For him, it for him, it sure is. But also, this is like an evolution of it. When you're stage diving, hell, when you get on the stage, you want to go jump into the mic you want to sing along okay there's we can call it expected contact yep there's let me get some of the mic okay but there's a lot of not desired contact and there's some folks who are listening right now many who are not who've sang in bands who've spoken with any of the three of us and expressed the exact thing that I'm about to say. Don't slime me. Don't slime me. Yeah. That means don't don't grab me and ooze all over me. Don't grab me and pull me down. Mm. You want to know the real reason why some people wear long sleeves? They don't want to be grabbed. <laughs> they don't want to be touched up all over on. It's... uh. There should be a little more etiquette, and I get it. It's a wild place. There's no rules. It's right. There, there are no rules. But you know what? Don't grab my neck when you're stage diving. Don't grab my anything when you're stage diving. Fucking stage dive. And, and you've seen people grab people's shirts. I'm like, yo, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, Pizza Party. Oh, there was an opening band, which... I'm pretty sure it was Greg Hetson's daughter's band. No, oh, interesting. Bob, you will love the name. We'll be mad that we didn't think of this first. Okay, I'm ready. Power Violets. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like it. So I thought they'd be punk. They weren't really that punk. They were kind of like, as I described them to Morgado. Mm. Um, we, as, has everyone seen Chasing Amy? Yeah. Yes. You know the part when they're in the bar and Jason um, Lee has the realization? 
I got to say, this is like the most. Frequent. I've said this before, haven't I? This is the most frequent reference for you is like this movie. It made such an impact on you. You know what? So At the time, I loved it. And then as an adult, I watched it again. I was like, yeah, oh, this movie's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I mean, it's fucked up. It's still fu- it's still got funny moments. But uh, but as a kid, like as a young person that was like longing, like, in, you know, in relationships yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. I was like, totally makes sense, man. Not the whole like I can change you, but like the whole like <laughs> wanting something you can't have kind of thing. But then I watched it recently. It's like, yo, this is kind of fucked. Anyway. When Joey Lawrence Adams, Joey Lauren Adams is singing and and Affleck is all like fucking ready to take his moment, and then it's a woman, and like right. Jason Lee just starts singing, rapping. She's singing, she's singing to a woman, right? Yeah, yes. and that's what it's yeah. not, that's what the band kind of sounded like. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Joey, then so they played the, Joey Lauren Adams. Worst things in the world to sound like. She has a cool voice. She does. Agreed. She, she Agreed. dated Kevin Smith for a long time. Which oh, I know. It's a, I know. It's one one of life on you know unanswerable questions. Yeah. So. They play for a decent amount of time for an opening band that wasn't on the line, like wasn't on the flyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, our buddy from from <laughs> I won't mention the name, but was working the stage. It was like, um, yeah, you, you you went past your set time, and then she's like, we went past our set time. I have like four more songs to play. Holy fuck! Wow. Like, I'm like, do you not know how to count? Like, you probably got 20 wow. minutes. So then she was like, all right, can I play one more? And they're like, all right. So she's like, all right, we're gonna have a poll. A Nickelback cover, or and it was so overwhelming. They closed with a Nickelback cover of "This Is How You Remind Me." I think that's what it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is how you remind me. I'm sorry. That song. Yeah. I'm I'm sure people were having fun in the moment. Patty's not having fun in his in his uh, mind's eye, though. No, No, people were like mashing. Which okay, yeah, no, I'm okay. which is why I think punk is kind of corny. Um, <laughs> if we're being honest, so then, so there was the singer. It's like, thanks, we were negative approach, and then John Good Brown night. came up and just and did not mention negative approach once, and kept calling himself the Power Violets, and said they had tapes downstairs. <laughs> um, it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Um, negative approach was fucking incredible. Like they're never bad. He doesn't sing the words anymore. Like I'm, that, that's a, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. But there's in a in a big room like that, they fucking murder. They're like the coolest looking band. Like the guitar player literally sets up, like facing his amp, and does like his like fucking rock stance and doesn't move for half an hour. Yep. It's fucking it. awesome. And um, watching them last night, I heard their impact on other things that I never would have guessed. Mm-hmm. I hear them in a little bit of like, I mean, maybe it's more obvious and I just never caught it, but some of their sounds were very kind of like, like stadium crust almost. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Massive. I, I, like guitar yeah. and bass. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. it was like, I never, I mean, you, I guess you hear those records, and that doesn't come through because the records are recorded on like a tin can. But watching, they, I mean, they were just awesome. They played twenty three songs in a yep. half an hour. Yep. They had the original drummer come out and play. That's cool. That's really so, cool. So the dude from the records, and he was, and he was like, "Hey man, this is, this is Mark. He's gonna come out and play a couple of songs." Like he was fifteen on them records, <laughs> <laughs> and. uh they did tie down and then I forget whatever the next song he the, he dropped the sticks and had to stop 
And he's like, hey, we haven't really practiced in a long time, so uh, we're going to do that one again. Um, and they were fucking <laughs> awesome. I just love the southern twang of a dude from fucking Ferndale, Michigan. It's fucking amazing. Um, but he was like, it, John Brandon was in, in good uh, spirits. It was really fun. Um, awesome. Nuts. Got a great reaction. Seven seconds were fucking awesome. Awesome. They played... 21 songs because I was going to do the math of the last three bands I saw mm-hmm. how many songs they did mm-hmm. um, they were they were great played all the hits even some of the newer like newer I in quotations like post like 96 <laughs> songs to me sure um, they come across really well Kevin sounds great Steve Youth looks fucking fantastic that's awesome, that's um, awesome. Sammy Sigler is playing drums for them Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's which really cool, lot. actually. Oh, yeah, right. which adds really a lot. Like He's great. And the guitar player has been there for a while. Um, Kevin played guitar in a couple of songs. You know, put, you know, 99 Red Balloons as a closer, man. You cannot go wrong. Fucking people lose yeah. their goddamn minds. <laughs> um, but the thing that I, was, that I was kind of talking about earlier, like, so Kevin was like, you know, we, we were supposed to come out here and play here in 1983, and we fucked up. And he's like, and then we we're supposed to play here again at, at CB's matinee in nineteen eighty four. And he's like, you know what we messed up about that and we missed it? He was like, it was with Agnostic Front and Murphy's Law and we blew it. You know, and he was like, you know, hard you know, punk is cool and everything, but hardcore really is what it's all about. And it's like hardcore can change the world and blah blah blah. And he's like, punk's fun and it's cool, but hardcore really is is the is the, the real thing. Mm, and I was like, segway oh, to yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I would have thought they were always a pop, like they were like a punk band, but I guess not. If the man doesn't uh, well, think they're a punk band, then they're not a punk band. Well, that's that gets us into some questions for today, some things that we thought yeah. about even before this gig. Um, yeah, and then God. Circle Jerks. Oh, yeah, how were Circle Jerks? They were good. They played 33 songs. Okay, mm. okay. 45 I could have done like an hour and 20. Mm-hmm. Ooh. A lot of Keith Morris talking. Yep, that band. Should um, be, that's a thirty-five to forty-minute set. Cool. I would have done an hour, like because I mean, there's so many fucking hits. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. But, but and they did them in like so the band was. I mean, which is kind of cool. It was Greg Hetson, Xander the bass player, and Joey Castillo from like every band under the sun on drums, and Keith Morris. Like, it was like legit band. It was cool. Like three of the original members and Joey Castillo. Um, you know, and they were, they were, they were awesome. He said a lot of weird shit. Um, respect that like weird shit that like he started off talking about like Tito Puente and A&M records and we like for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I would just play deny everything. We know that's what you're going into. Just do it. Um, (laughs) but they played, they're like, you know, he like, they leave for the encore and he's like, I heard you guys chanting for one more song when we started. Very early, I said we were going to play 33 songs. So far, we have only played 30. <sighs> These are the last three songs. And I was like, all right, wrap it up. <sighs> it was cool. It was cool. I was glad I got to see them. He still pulls it off. He doesn't move. He just stands there. He's yep. got his dreads like over his shoulder and down the front of his body. Yep. So okay. he doesn't step yep. on them, which makes sense. Yep, yep, yep. Because they're really long. long. I mean, he's a small man, and they're as long as his body. Yeah, uh, um, he's a small. He's a smaller man than I ever realized. I've had this. Re- yes, re- so is Greg Hetson. 
I've had this revelation recently and was like, oh, that's a I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's five five. Something yeah, like and that. I've I've been yeah. in the same room with him a couple times and it never clicked until I recently saw a video of him where I was like, oh, that gentleman is uh, it's a it's a shorter gentleman. That's right. That's right. Um, but if that tour hits your city, highly recommend go. it. Mm. Yeah. Maybe skip yeah, the um, the. Uh, it was funny because like one of the kids in the band had a minor threat shirt on. Oh, we had wow. talked before. I didn't. Re- I didn't know if he worked there or whatever. But he had like a. It was like an outline of the Ian on the front steps. Uh huh. Yep. But it was just like a pencil outline of that photo, and it was awesome. And I had a minor threat shirt on, so we were talking. He was talking about like the Cynthia Connolly book and all sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, he was like the bass player in this band covering Nickelback. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was it was a strange night, but yeah, that for if you like those band like those three bands, fucking ripped. Kevin Seconds not a great like I didn't know because you kind of follow him on the internet sometimes, and it's like it sounds like he's not convinced he can still do it, dude. Yeah, he can, he can still do it. It was fucking great. It was great. I would just listen to this. No, it's cool. I actually. I hit the button accidentally. Did not mean to do that. They played that last night. But they didn't Love play this one. one, which is unfortunate because this is what I was listening to on my flight back from Oman. <laughs> Through troubled times. So fucking great on it. Anyway, um, that's <laughs> that's cool, Tom. Yo, uh, that brings us to um, the meat of today's episode, which is uh, we're just going to talk about buying tickets for the Axe Crime Live show in L.A. on Thursday, July 28th. Now, uh, do that. Thank you, everybody, for the support. We're, we're psyched on that. Back to actually what we're going to talk about today. You know, we talk about hardcore music. Uh, we are hardcore podcast, punk and hardcore. You know, it's to me, it's a very one and the same thing. But it got in my head that it's 2022, and there's certainly a lot of hardcore that I wouldn't call punk, and there's a fair amount of punk that I wouldn't call hardcore um, at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, the, The majority of what I like falls into that realm that could be called both or either. Um, both, both hardcore punk, you know, punk hardcore, whatever, whatever. But I, I also realized there's a there's a point, um, almost a breaking point, where hardcore separates off from punk, et cetera, et cetera. It got me thinking, like, there are a lot of punk records that hardcore kids don't necessarily immediately think, this is something I should check out. So I want to talk about that. I also want to ask you guys, we're doing 80s Mosh Madness right now. Could 80s hardcore at large be considered punk by the 2022 years of hardcore? Oh, that's a good question. I still First think years. Yes. I understand what you're saying, but I still think no. Well, so I agree, but if somebody wanted to say to me and Tom, I want to have your opinion on this too. Youth of today, sonically, that's just a punk band. How do we feel about that? I I disagree, I disagree. with that. I, I think, disagree too. 
because <laughs> hardcore because uh, the song structure is chunky. But if you put "Can't Close My Eyes" on the earliest Youth of Today material, it's fast, it's shreddy, skate punk song elements. Certainly hardcore, but compare that to Hate Breed Perseverance. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say a lot of unpopular things on this episode. It's okay. No, no, no. Because I, I, I'm going to get to a place that, that's agreement. If you compare Youth of Today, Can't Close My Eyes to a post, like, uh, you know, not a never-ending game, Can't Close My Eyes sounds pretty punk. Am I right? Yeah, okay. Okay. Judge bringing it down. Not a punk record. Can't even play no. with the argument. Absolutely not. Patrick? Uh, yeah. But I I mean, look. I'm, Do you I'm, see? The, like, I mean, look. We're talking about this. The songwriter. And there are songwriters in Judge. I think Mike wrote some music as well as Porcel. Porcel wrote a lot of music in Youth of Today. That's the same songwriter. But Judge was pulling in a lot more metal. It's cleaner. Tempos are a little little more mid-tempo, but they have some fast stuff, too. That's splitting not a tree, but a small branch. You know what I mean? And no, I don't think Youth of Today would have been like, yeah, we're just a punk band. No, they're a hardcore band. But they would also say, well, hardcore is just a part of punk. But once you get over to Judge, it feels like it's something else. Am I wrong? You know, no, I think <clears throat> there's a certain time there's like a delineating. It might be Age of Quarrel. That Could like, be. there's a definitive like line in the sand of like there's hardcore, there's hardcore punk. I guess. I mean, to me, if you listen to Age of Quarrel, drum beats, etc., that's closer to Discharge than it is bringing it down. Right, and they're like good thing to say, you know. Yeah, I mean they're more punk than most stuff, but I feel like they're like the. But it's metal. It's harder. Part. It's it's got some heavier parts. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so this is to say, I think if you get into hardcore in 2022 and you're more into the heavy shit, you might hear the majority of 80s hardcore. And Tom, I liked what you said the first eight years. Sure. Um, because you're right, as you get in those last couple years, all of a sudden you're listening to Killing Time. You're getting all the crossover stuff has gone way crossover. Um, but if you listen to 80s hardcore, it's it could sound like, what, what is this? It, it almost sounds unrecognizable from a 2022 sampler plate of current hardcore. Uh, which is to say, it's an evolution. It's not... You know, things change and, and grow and, and morph. But I still don't think in this conversation, I'm not largely using the term punk for 80s hardcore. Would you agree with that? I was in the middle of a sneeze. Could you say that question again? Of course. In terms of our conversation today, I'm not saying 80s hardcore is, quote, punk. Because to me, that's like, this is formative. This is like... This is to me base level hardcore, you know. Yeah, look, th- there's there's a lot of uh, you know I, I've kind of fought against the revisionism that goes on <clears throat> with a lot of this stuff, not because I'm invested in any th- either side, but just because I don't feel like history. Need re- 
I don't think there's any need for this, right? Like not what you're saying, but the revisionism that goes on. Uh, yeah. It, it's punk is cool. Hardcore is cool. We don't, you know, the, the, uh, I've had a lot of problems with people that want to rechristen hardcore as, as shit like raw punk and nonsense like that. And it's just like, <laughs> come on, you goofy old man. Like, what do you fucking talk about? Like it, 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 it's, uh, it, it, it's like, these things have stylistic similarities and, and, and markers that, that, uh, that, that show how different they are and you can debate them, you know, like some of the things we're going to be talking about today, I'm sure are going to be a matter of debate and it's fine. We don't got to have these absolutely silly, uh, I like punk better. So this album is a punk record. No, it's not Correct. motherfucker. <laughs> no. And, and you know, this plays to the same conversation larger and I want to get right back to you. Just because you like it doesn't mean it's hardcore. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not the thing you like. There's there's things under these umbrellas that you can like that are, and there's things under not under these umbrellas that you love. You know what I mean? Um, this is mostly just a fun way to talk about shit and say, hey, there might be stuff over in this little corner that we aren't hearing people talk about or people say, hey, check this out. And it gives us a reason to kind of put a flashlight on it. Yeah. Let's do it. I got my list. Tom, kick us off. Tom, kick us off. Let's see. You know, it's funny. One of the ones on here, <clears throat> excuse me, or actually maybe two of these on here are in our Mosh Madness now that I'm looking at it. I bet so. There's a couple that would cross over off my list too. All right. Um, you know what? I'm going to go for a, a wild card. One that I would bet that neither of you would think I would choose, but a record that I quite love. And saw as a late teen, early 20 person and was like, this is the fucking cool shit. Subhumans, the day the country died. Oh, yeah. You, you this is a big one for time. you. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, it's a great punk record, but like, this is one, like, I feel like <clears throat> for me, I always delineated like punk when I felt like a stranger in paradise. Like, I went to see Subhumans. God, even I don't know. I was probably twenty, and like how Bob would say, like he'd show up at shows and like I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah, like what's wrong? I'm just dressed how I dressed in real life. Yeah, that's what I felt like at this show. Like I, I could have been wearing like you know like I hate punk, like you know a fucking punk's dead your next shirt or something like for the looks <laughs> that I got at this fucking thing. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. But it was all. I mean, I forget who it was. It was like. Any flag might have opened. Or like Coney Island mm-hmm. High. Okay. That would track. Yeah. And and they were great. And fucking uh what's his name? Dick. Um it was fucking cool shit. It was like watching a fucking relic. And this was fucking twenty five years ago. And, and I, I mean, yeah, so I, this this is a band, that record is a big deal. I can't other you've brought it up a few times actually as a really important record. Pat, what are your feelings on this record? Have you talked about this? No, I never really talk about this one because it's it's meant a lot to like, for example, my longtime bandmate Sean Duty. This is one that like that's right He's formative for him. Uh, it didn't have that impact on me. Still doesn't. Although maybe I'll revisit it this week. Uh, it's been a long time, certainly. <clears throat> so it's been a long time for me too. This is one that there were people in my circle who who were pulled to this, and it never hit me. But also. 
I'm talking about a time, Tom, you'll you'll get this. This is a time where I was like literally discovering hardcore and punk. So once I found the Rev catalog, hearing this was like, eh, nah, that's not what I'm about. Um, yeah. And, you know, you grow, you grow and you get older and it's like, oh, maybe this record's relevant. This is like an all-timer for many, many, many people. Yeah, like, I think this is like, we tend to overlook it, but this is up there with any... The conflict record or any like those fucking butt flap punk bands crass for sure sure. yeah like this is just as big as most of those you know but i don't think we give it that same same but sonically i think it might play better to a hardcore punk ear absolutely yeah you know what i mean there's yeah i mean i can picture a young kid that likes never ending game like and listening to like crass and be like are you fucking with me here (laughs) <laughs> right but like this is like a fucking punk record it's a fast punk record at that point you know what i mean you know that's this that's a like, question for both of you because you're i think you're both more familiar with crass than i am crass is something i wrote off a long time ago and when i've gone back to it it's really really hard for me what is what is the difference how how do you listen to crass like what what connects what doesn't connect there's very few crap, no matter what anybody says and listeners write in so I can just hit delete. Uh, there's very few crash tracks, very few. You have to like the idea of crass. Crass is a piece of concept art that happens to include music. And if you like it, if you like like what it's about, what like how bold it was, what it was attempting to do, you can enjoy crass for what it is. But you're not putting Crass on as a bop. You understand? <laughs> you're not being like, oh, I really want to, uh, you know, I'm going for a run. I'm going to put on the Crass record. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going for a drive. I'm putting on the Crass record. It's just not happening. So, like, it, it's a, uh, there's stuff in Crass's orbit, stuff on Crass records, et cetera, that, like, there's, there's tracks there. But Crass, the band, you just either like the idea or you don't. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Tom, where are you at with that? I listen to it more more like how Pat listens to stuff as as purely as a... An, an, academic an, an exercise yeah yeah <laughs> i just like there's a reason why most people myself included if you ask, if someone's like sing me a crass song i i got one yeah one like the do they always a living that's literally the only song i can think of in any that might be the bop of the crass catalog there's so many people out there being real mad, yeah, right they can now. Be mad. i apologize they can be mad i mean i like stuff that you guys definitely hate so that's cool too like that's that's what, we're, that's what we're all about. But yeah, but, it, it, it never did anything for me. It, it, there was no real like no power to it. Yeah, yeah, and it like you know like some humans had like a forward motion. I feel like Crass never really did. And I'm yeah, some humans definitely has more energy. You know, I think 
even even having not the familiarity that I would say uh, I'd like to talk about this record when I have gone to it, we might have done an, a listen on some of this a long, long time ago. It was all right. Like it was like okay, I can see why this is this is something for someone. It's not for me, but um, Subhumans Day Human Day the World Died. Also, is that a cool album cover or a stupid album cover? Cool. It's dope. Yeah. Nineteen eighty three. That's pretty sick. S- super dope. Um, Patrick, you got one? Uh something I've big up to here, so it won't surprise anybody. Uh the first three Stiff Little Finger records. Uh yep. it, it, Stiff Little Fingers is like Okay, so I'm gonna go off on one. I hope everybody's along for this ride. Uh I think that you have to embrace that punk is corny and that punk has been corny since the first moment it was created. It is the crass version of punk is corny to me, but it tr- it's corny in a different way. Uh, I, uh, so who was the guitarist for the sex pistols? Is that Steve Jones? Steve I, Jones. I was watching some YouTube interview with him in the present day. It's pretty new, I think. And, I don't know why I was watching it. A YouTube algorithm maybe suggested it to me. And it, it, it motivated me to go back and listen to Sex Pistols, something I only do every few years. Mm. Pat, can I, introduce, can I interrupt you for one moment? Of course you can. Do you want to feel terrible about stuff? Yeah, please. <clears throat> Speaking of the Sex Pistols, I had like a Sex Pistols thought this week. Okay. <laughs> I was all- like, I go, I wonder how old like Johnny Rotten was. <laughs> when they did, remember they did those like uh, uh, like uh, it was almost like an arena reunion. Yes, and that when they were playing like your local pavilion, mm-hmm. like they played like Jones Beach and shit, like mm. big rooms. And I remember being back then, being like these washed up motherfuckers, man. God damn, he was forty. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, wa- washed up. Oh, die, old man. <laughs> But you, I mean, you see the videos. He looks mad corny. He looks like it's like, hello, fellow kids. Who likes punk? Oh yeah, but but look, we'll get into him in a second. We'll get into him in a second. But yeah. So, Sex Pistols, uh, corny, but really good. Really, really good. And really, Boy, like man. some of there's some fucking tracks. More tracks than Crass. God damn it. And more tracks than Crass for sure. More tracks than Crass on one record. One Here, let's talk, let's talk about Sex Pistols for a minute. Shout out to uh, the other podcast I do, In Search of Tracks. We just did uh, Never Mind the Bullocks. We did Sex Pistols. And didn't you give them a no? Yeah, I said I would not buy the record. I don't need it. But I will say this. I think I gave it like f- almost five stars out of ten. Um, there's riffs all over that record. Uh, that, like, exactly there are right. riffs. And exactly. nobody... This is the thing we spent the time... And this is what, like... We do that. We break it down. We listen to, like, each song and talk about each fucking song. Yo, people don't talk about the musicality of the record as much as they talk about everything else. You know why? Because the band was basically about everything else. Whatever. Yes, precisely. Drumming, I, I think, is meh. There are riffs all over that record. Steve Jones deserves tons of credit. Uh, shout out to a friend of mine, Jeff, who hit me to a band, The Professionals, which is Steve Jones' band post-Sex Pistols, I believe, or maybe everyone from the band except uh, Sid and Johnny. Um, now, I mean, weren't they put together as like so okay, like a boy band? And like Cox Bar was supposed to be this, the – they turned that down, and that's why the Sex Pistols happened? Sort of. So, so Sex Pistols, it depends on which story you believe. The official narrative from the band is that 
Malcolm McLaren is, is owned the shop that they would go into all the time. And he basically saw a bunch of kids that didn't have anything else to do and said, you know, I can make a couple of dollars off this, but it wasn't like there was like a casting call. It was like yeah, they but somehow it worked. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like, Got it. so Tom, it's between the, the, the kind of a narrative that's been out in the world and the real story is like, or the band story. It's kind of between those where it's, no, they weren't a real band because I don't think really any of them had played very much ever, but it was this, this, these kids are around and this will work. Yeah. Bunch of young guys, really young. They got it. They put it together. Uh, Let's make this work. McLaren's super involved the entire time. There's currently a Hulu show about the band right now that I've heard. I've heard mixed things. Some people really love it. Shout out to Liam who said it was, he's really enjoying it. Um, you ever see that documentary? So, no. I have not. It's called Sound and Fury. Oh, that's cool. Shout From out. like the early 2000s. It's interesting, but like that's the same kind of, you know. But I feel like Coxbar plays into this, and I apologize if I'm my for my ignorance. Well, but I, I feel mean, like they were approached with like a deal to be like, either you could be the first Sex Pistols or the next ones, and they're like, nah, we're cool. <laughs> yeah i mean well well so that's the thing is that the 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 goofy part about punk and like the story of the sex pistols is the scene happened around them they weren't really a part of the scene you know like all this right. other stuff is happening we're talking about we'll get to stiff little fingers which was where pat was going but there's all these yep. other bands that weren't they aren't related in the same way as as we think of scenes in hardcore per se but there was like there was an energy and a bunch of this kind of music happening. Not all of it the same. Sex Pistols were kind of on their own island. That said, that record has tracks in terms of good songs. I think that the vocals throw people out a lot. Stick with it and listen for the riffs. I'm I'm impressed with the riffs in a way that I uh, definitely wasn't before doing like a heavy four or five listen headphones deep dive. Yes. All right, uh, still little fingers. Okay, so uh, also I'm on the Steve Jones Wikipedia right now, and he uh, has he revealed that he was uh, basically illiterate until he was in his 40s, which is an interesting thing. Um, so uh, punk music, corny people that try to recast it as noble and always having a grander ambition of of uh, like uh, you know displacing thatcher and and upending the world order it's a lie it's a lie everyone it's it, it's a, you don't need to lie it's fine some yes, some bands okay. later some bands later had that but at its outset it punk music is it's a genre of music and and uh, people were trying to make a living and and uh, enjoy being a young person in a band so uh, a lot of it is corny especially looking back on it so that includes the Sex Pistols, but as as Bob said, riffs all over that fucking record. Uh, it includes the Clash, who are very maligned in our scene. But you're a moron, like a straight fucking clod. Yeah, dude. If yes. London Calling, are you kidding me? If you don't believe that the Clash have fucking tracks, you're yeah. just being a delusional fucking loser that is so lost in his own little fucking myopic music scene and what you're supposed to believe. It's like, like, look. The Clash is yep. fucking corny as hell, but so Super is Rage corny. Against the Machine. These are cornball fucking acts, but they're fucking awesome. 
And that's yes. just what it is sometimes. Like, you know you, what I mean? You tell me Spanish Bombs doesn't come on or Wait in Vain doesn't come on and it hits you in the heart a little bit? Oh, I mean, listen. Come on. Lost in the Supermarket hits me in my heart. Like, like yeah. but The Clash is probably the first punk band that I was familiar with because it was available at the library. So, yeah, it was next to Springsteen, so I guess it's corny. But it's like yeah. it, it fucking had a huge A lot more people out here calling The Clash corny than they're calling Springsteen corny. So, um get over it are you not clash guy or are you a clash guy oh i love i love the clash okay i love it and in a defensive way i mean in the way that patrick's talking yeah. i'm like yeah, yeah hail hail um if you like rancid young yeah. folks yes young and, humans that's where they got it from and oh and I, and I think that there's they're very palatable like i yo i think that if you're on the heavier end of the spectrum and you only like heavy music well then i don't know what to tell you but Otherwise, like I think this is for anyone. I think this is just great guitar. Just great guitar music. If you listen to anything that has come out on Run for Cover Records ever, you should be able to enjoy the first three Clash records. You know, easily. Yeah, Yeah, uh, first first three might include Sandinista. I don't remember, but but yeah. Here's the first two and a half. Yeah, first two and a half. So it's Clash. Give them enough rope, and then uh, 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 London Calling. Okay, and I I love I love uh, uh, Black Market Clash for everybody that's interested in this sort of thing. And look, it's fucking corny. They were doing fucking like reggae. It's yes, corny. Get it? Fucking awesome. Uh, Back to the point. Uh, Also, stuff like uh, like the Stranglers. They don't call themselves a punk band, uh, but. For all intents and purposes, they they were. uh, (laughs) Some of the best bass playing ever in music history. It's fucking awesome. Now, but corny. Now, back to the point. Uh, So in my musical evolution, it went uh, The Clash, um, then uh, The Jam, and then later uh, Stiff Little Fingers. Now, people might not see these things as related because The Jam is not a punk band and and never... No, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't enter the conversation. Just adjacent to it adjacent and that was my like stepping stones to the English musical shit. Right. And, uh, these things, they're all different, but they have a lot musically in common more than you'd think, even if they get labeled different things, but stiff little fingers is the least corny of anything I've said. And the first record is straight up, a ripper like inflammable material is if you like it's great it's great if you like 80s hardcore you like inflammable material inflammable material that's just a fact like it is a it came out in 79 so you got to figure fucking hardcore right around the fucking corner and it is it's just aggressive in all the right ways it is it's it's uh for those of you that are into politics and shit uh this is a band from northern ireland uh interestingly i didn't realize i guess this was all common knowledge and big big news at the time but uh them and the undertones had had actual beef uh over the troubles but not in the way not in any sectarian way it was just like the undertones never talked about that shit and uh the the stiff little fingers talked about it all the time and they kind of like it was like you could see this argument happening right like from bands from the same region being like Yo, how come you don't talk about any of the things going on in this life? And it's like, like, well, how come you? That's how come that's all you talk about? You know, kind of an mm-hmm. interesting dichotomy there. Anyway, um, so inflammable material just rocks. Nobody's heroes also rocks, but is a step 
a, a, it takes the gas off just a little bit and, and there's uh, more in the way of songs go for it become is, is a record that I love with all my heart and it, be, it, and it is the least relatable to the hardcore mind of the three that I just said, but all three of these are in my view essential. If you are, a, if you are an actual like lover of subculture music, that might not include the clash for you. Maybe that's Springsteen. Maybe that's rage against the machine. That's that's stadium to you. Stiff little fingers, despite having like top, a top 20 fucking record or whatever in England. Yeah. That is still, you can fucking love that as a person who loves subculture. It is. I mean, and there's a thing that this, that this band does that, uh, a, a number of the acts that I just talked about don't do. Yeah. These, they got political songs, but these fun, these ones are touching. They make you feel like this guy is in it and not because he wants to be, he's trapped in a place, which is their Belfast band for people that know the period. They got together in like 77 or something. So like for people that know the period, a legitimately scary, um, uh, disruptive, don't know up from down period in, in, in uh, that country's history. And it, it, the way that he expresses it is beautiful. You got for anybody that's, it's not into stiff little fingers. I can't recommend it highly enough. The first three records, everybody. And from there there's, there's hits here and there, but honestly, the first three records are just uh, uh, relatable to hardcore in the beginning and just, masterfully written towards the end. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is a tough one for me uh, to just give. I actually, um, I'll, I'll give a quick one to wire pink flag. Uh, this is a record that I think is decried by hardcore folks and is loved by the hipster and post punk audience. Hmm. Right. This, this became a, like a Rolling Stone and like Spin Magazine kind of thing. Right? Yeah, like, and, and to me, it, for a minute, like yo, know, I, I avoided this record because in two thousand one, it felt like this was a this they they took down the the American flag in Brooklyn and hung just the album cover of Pink Flag up <laughs> because it was like one two XU on this. Yes, um, this is the record that that this owned Williamsburg for a solid three years. Um, but it's an incredible punk record and it foreshadows a lot of things that happen in hardcore, fast songs, efficiency, melodies, different little things. Yo, it's like, is it a 20 song record? I, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a record that cruises by, um, in a way that, that very few things do and was super influential on first wave hardcore, super influential. Um, to me, and I, I, this was another one we actually did on uh, In Search of Tracks, I said that this is a, a lot of people's exiting hardcore record, and I get it, <laughs> but it would make more sense to me as a I'm getting into punk and hardcore record on the other end. And I, I, I think it's funny because it's not particularly dense or hard to get into. It's a pretty straightforward kind of listen. And... Uh, you know, there's a version, there's a reality where this is just one of those like, yeah, this is a starter kit record for people getting into punk music. And for whatever reasons, it's a starter kit record for people getting out of punk music. And it's very confusing to me. So, mm. right. It's like one of those doors, like the revolving doors. 
yeah, it's bringing well, people in and while it's letting people out at the same time. When's the last time either you gave this record a listen? <laughs> it's got to be fucking 15 years at least. Uh, so I actually don't love it as much as I love the Colin Newman solo material, which I oh, great. am like religious about. So to me, it just never like it never hit in exactly the same way. And there, because to me it's lesser, I just don't listen to it very much. Uh, it's so, just doing something almost like so antecedent that, to what he does, even on his earliest solo material. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's a record that people consider one of the best guitar records of all time. I'm just, I just, I think that the like A to Z, Commercial Suicide, these are like records that I think are like actually perfect, and it's the same dude. It's the <laughs> same dude. I mean? But so, so I go. Uh, I'll say this: I think he is brilliant, and I think A to Z's of the only thing that holds back A to Z is some of the weirdness and odd decisions that are so clearly intentional that calling it flawed is it feels incorrect because he's clearly doing it for a reason you know yeah I'm, i mean commercial suicide is is almost like a provocation of like you know are, are you game if you're not right. you're out now whereas on pink flag same dude is writing minute and 20 second like punk songs essentially just mm. Just like, yo, let's let's get to it. So to me, this is one of those records in hindsight, like I said, Tom, like if you had heard this alongside Descendants and Dead Kennedys and Seven Seconds and Wire, and it was just thrown in that mix and treated like that, it'd be like, Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, is it the same as those things? No. Is it a million miles away from those things? Also, no. It's doing something different, but it's, you know, like... Painted differently, yo, though, for some reason. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. So the first song is three minutes long. Then here's the field links for the A-side. 28 seconds. And it's not like a joke song. It's a song in 28 seconds. Minute 23, 219, 226. Minute 13, 41, 53. Minute 17. And then title tracks, 347. Uh, the B-side is the same. It's a 21-song record. All the song links are between a minute and a couple minutes. It's like very short. It's it's one of those things when I think back to it now, um, I think I've praised Angel Dust, especially their earlier and mid-period material, was really neat because they, they provided this efficiency in melody and writing short songs that complete a melody that feel fully structured and functioning, but that, you know, are a song is really notable. And, and I think that's something that Wire did exceptionally well. So shout out to this record. Check it out. Um, Tom, hit us. Man, I got a lot. Uh, Here, you know what? We, we actually are trying to keep it tight today. Why don't you pick, give us a little run through and then let me and Pat pick one for us all to go in on. Is that cool? Okay, sure. Yeah. All right, so I'll give you the rest of the ones I have written down and we can pick a couple to Perfect. talk. Because these will be on yours too, I would imagine. Yes. Um, so Circle Jerks, Group Sex. I, uh, I wanted seconds. that's on Circle Church Group Sex on mine because to me it is clearly a punk record, but it has every effort energy of hardcore, and but somehow it's not a hardcore record. It's weird, right? It's not being right. played next to Minor Threat in most people, like in younger folks. Yeah, um, which is weird. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. seven seconds. Seven seconds. No, no. Of course, seven seconds. Walk together, rock together. Which mm-hmm. after Kevin, maybe we take him off. <laughs> Adolescent self-titled uh, Misfits Walk Among Us. Mm. Buzzcock singles going steady. Yeah. Uh, Ramon self-titled. 
Descendants, Miles go. Milo goes to college. Dead Kennedy's fr- fresh fruit, rotting vegetables. Awesome list, uh, Pat. You have any strong direction you'd like to go in? I have one. If you if you don't feel strongly, uh, I feel like I've talked Dead Kennedy's to death and how it's it's really more difficult than people give it credit. I'm always fascinated by the fact that punks can enjoy it because to me it's an aggravating record. Uh, like. I, I don't I it, love it. It was a starter kit record and being so it forced me to give the odd and angular sides to it. That said, there are still records in their catalog that I find beyond the pale for me to uh That's what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. It's, fucking it's just it's just varying levels. Yep. Um, I mean, they're like I, a starter kit band that sounds like nothing else in your starter kit. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Yeah. Which and I, I mean, that's, I think you need at least one or two of those. Like, like maybe that's where we build our starter kits. Let's, let's build starter kits soon because I want something that's going to push people in different ways and reflects it's 2022. So we need to, to get into heavier stuff. Like, like, yo, there's, there's a version of a starter kit that has a couple truly like post 1990 heavy records because that reflects 2022 years at the least. Um, where I wanted to go is, is a band we don't talk about, and I certainly don't talk about in a more glowing way. Uh, Ramones, self-titled. Let's talk about it. And I'll, I'll put a, I'll put my things. This was never a never a go-to for me, partially because I always felt like people who like the Ramones like the way they dressed and looked more than they cared about the music. It's not fair. I mean, it's 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 they're a goofy band. It ain't wrong. They're goofy. It ain't wrong. But when you listen to the record, when you actually listen to this record, there's a reason this is acclaimed. There's a reason this record is cited as like super important. Do I think every hardcore kid? 1976. Yeah. Do I think every hardcore kid should needs to know it? Nah, not at all. However. They're doing stuff that is in the same way as we're talking about Sex Pistols. They're doing stuff. They're writing riffs that are instantly recognizable, instantly memorable. And like, to be honest, are bops. Like you can hear these songs and it's like, oh, I know the song now. You know, one listen, you know this record. I mean, I think they've become like so pervasive that people are like, oh, fucking Blitzkrieg bop. We get it, man. Yeah. Yeah. But skip that song on this record and the rest like. Beat on the brat, Judy's a punk. Like these songs are so fucking great that I think they like how we react. Like people, like punks, right off the Clash. Yeah, I think people right off the Ramones because they're so ev- they're like everywhere. Like and like, yeah, it's, Joey Ramone is such an iconic looking thing. Like yes. every rocker with a fucking leather leather jacket with fucking long black hair is trying to is doing their best Joey Ramone. You know yeah, what I mean? the, the, the corn balls that I know can uh, like it, the uniform is. Uh, w- God, uh, white Ramones uniform, the worst. Oh, white. Uh, well, it's white Chuck Taylors and and a Ramones shirt, uh, and that's like you know you're you're safe. That's your little outfit or whatever. Uh, I, I, th- I here's the thing about the Ramones. Uh, if somebody said I don't like the Clash because I I definitively do not like reggae and uh, maybe like one uh, maybe a quarter of their discography borrows from reggae in some respect, and I sure. don't like that. I would at that point have to say. All right, respectfully disagree. But Ramones, I do not like this. Like, their constant um, callbacks to kind of uh, 
uh, uh, like not even the rock music, but like the, the, the put together studio bands of the sixties. Sure. On that's and stuff. I do not like that type of like, to me, the Ramones are like listening to the oldies in a way that I don't like, (laughs) like, and, and I get it. Like there's ripping fucking riffs, no denying it. And the fucking band is faster than any of their contemporaries by a mile. Well, but well, it, yeah. it is Go to me it. that influence, that kind of um, I'm not using the right term, but like boy band influence. Like, like no, you're like, talking like like as '60s uh, prefab prefab '60s bands. Yeah, I feel I, like they're put together. Like here you go. And like, look, a lot that of that thing you do, music, right? Correct. And when that stuff, when that stuff, like, kind of, uh, uh, when that stuff bleeds over into Motown, I I can fuck with most of that, but I. Mm-hmm. And this is look, everybody, to our listeners who know what I'm about, it, nobody's ever going to think that I'm like trying to get points on anything. But this is too white. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? like, it's, like, it's like fucking painful, man. I I got a. Uh, here's the thing. I'm a noted Ramones uh, detractor in many of my friend groups. I think I've, I've I'll fart noise them all day. I'm trying to be magnanimous in a way that like we don't ever talk about this record it deserves some time and attention you might love it you might really not there's tracks on here i like tom's idea of it in the skip blitzkrieg bop if you've heard it too many times but yo it's 2022 there might be people who've never heard that track um beat on the brat's a cool song there's a few other songs on here overall the energy i don't vibe with because patrick mm. who do you like more rush or the ramones uh, rush same tom who do you like more rush or the ramones fucking ramones right (laughs) yes and most of our listeners just said thank fucking god for tom jesus christ um the ramones and and kind of what you were saying um about sex pistols and the the big lie and all this stuff not that one the the one about punk music being having something more to it than than just being music yeah what punk music in general, and we can talk about like the CB's mid '70s scene or or the UK stuff that happens or the Ramones or whatever, was that it became this pushback to what had become of rock music, which was pretty bloated, um, was very precision and like these longer songs and da da da. Punk music became kind of the reaction to that, for better and worse, and really pushed music in a different place. I, I think. If it wasn't for stuff like the Ramones, stuff like television, stuff like the Dead Boys, stuff like Sex Pistols, stuff like the Clash, we don't get new wave. We don't get um, we don't get post punk, which is a stripped down version, and they do some different stuff because like everybody's too focused on ELO and BT, you know, BTO and you know, uh, and Yes and Rush and all this prog stuff. Um, so at the very least, you can hear. A harsh pushback. I also don't vibe on the like. I, I'm not a fan of Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, I don't like the most of the '60s. Just like simple pop is what I try to refer to it. Is really just not not to my taste. I agree with you on the Motown thing. Sometimes I can vibe in there, but this record is an interesting one, and I do wonder: Are the Ramones lost on anyone, or? Are they just a separate thing completely in this conversation? Um, so I don't know if they're lost. I just think they're dismissed. Right. Yeah, but they're I, dismissed. I don't know if they should be. 
No, I don't think they should be. I think it should be something that you listen to uh, in the same way as The Clash, the same way as a lot of the things we talked about today. And there's a whole lot more Why that we didn't really hits. get to. Yeah, yeah. You, you could greatest hits it, and and like Road to Ruin has a couple Ramones tracks. There's some Ramones songs that are cool. It's it's just oh, I have and I have friends who go way way deep into their catalog, you know. So there's there's an I mean, there's stuff that Joey doesn't sing that's way more hardcore than mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. We give them credit for like Mama's Boy or like you know like this stuff that's not him doing like his best you know Ronettes impersonation. Yeah, 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 like there's fucking hardcore songs on there, and I think you we'd be remiss to not. Like acknowledge, like everyone that we grew up loving, grew up watching those dudes play guitar. No, they were drums. a big deal. They were a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like their their picking styles and all sort of stuff were very influential on New York hardcore. No question, Patrick. Any other oh, that's so uh, Patrick, Any other any other, any other comments that you on feel like? Remotes? No, no, no. On on uh, punk records that you that you'd want to list because we're we're, we're pulling the plug shortly. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it simple uh, with uh, people know about how I feel about the dwarves. Uh, so I won't belabor that too much. What else is in my list? Oh, honestly, this is a real simple one that we've talked about. I'm sure I actually talked about recently because there was a bit of some type of reunion of some type. Um, that, that Operation Ivy record is fucking great. And like, yep. you, and you don't gotta, you don't gotta love anything to love it you don't have to love punk you don't have to love sky you don't have to love hardcore you don't have to love anything it's just a fucking exceptionally catchy record that almost anybody on earth can enjoy uh i'm talking about energy and it is uh everybody there's a reason why this is considered uh a classic among classics you know and uh maybe some people there's probably a lot of people that love rancid that uh, you know rancid's been around so long that there's probably people that don't even go this far back. But when I was, when I was younger, this was, you know, if you liked Rancid, you, you talked about this record all the fucking time. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, prove your street cred. Yeah. For the street cred, but it's fucking great. There's this, there's this star, starter kit record for me. And a lot of the people I know, this was like a big deal. The op Ivy record. I mean, no debate. It's it wasn't for me. I did. I honestly didn't give this a, a shot until I was an adult. And it's, I want. So actually, let's. That would be a great test. You fellas know this firsthand. Sometimes things that you're supposed to love, when you listen to them as an adult, they don't hit. You know what I mean? Like we've talked yep. about. Bold, we talked about bold. It could bold hit as an adult. It's tough. You know, what I mean? <laughs> fucking tough. If that's the first time you're hearing it, so. For me to hear this for the first time well into fucking musical maturity where I did not I was not inclined to give a fuck and there's no reason that I have to fake it. Right. For me to really love this, I think speaks to it. Well you're so kind I'm of hitting your pulp, but I can hear it. Yeah, you're kind of a ska man, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Has everybody heard my uh my Boston's cover? We got you did it quite saying, well, buddy. Yeah, people saying like this is this is the lane. You finally found it. <laughs> uh, should All these I, years should have been should, in a band with horns. Should I go and find? You know that there's uh, to get a mariachi band in Los Angeles. There's pavilions where they just kind of play, and then yep. you you go to. For people that don't know in this in Los Angeles, it's a fascinating fucking cultural thing. If you want a mariachi band to play your help me out, what what is it when your kid turns fifteen or sixteen? Quinceanera. Thank you. Um, if if you want a mariachi to play your 
backyard party or your quinceañera. Quinceañera? Quinceañera. 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 If you want – if you, you think the Ramones are white? If you, yeah, listen, <laughs> listen. Nobody struggles with with names and fucking other languages like I do. Right, I, it's Kintz in in So Kintz is fifteen in Yera. Kintz in Yera. We gotta yeah. we gotta check the records on the the Spanish program at the Bethlehem High School. Man, it's good. it's thin. <laughs> yeah, I was laughed out of that shit. So the, the uh, if you want somebody to play that shit for you. Uh, there's pavilions where mariachi bands play, and then when they when they're between songs or they're done, you approach them, you get their card or you give them your information, and that's how you do business. It's like, oh, these guys fucking rip, right? So, uh, should Drug Church just grab some horn players from a, yes. from a pavilion yes. and yes. perform that uh, Boss Tones uh, track at uh, Sound of Fury? Sound of Fury. If you don't, you're fucking up. Period. <laughs> End of story. Like straight up. Drug Church. Yeah, that's hey, true. Works for the Bronx. Bronx has like a, their own second band that does like that plays with like Dave Matthews and shit. You can do this. Yeah, Mariachi El Drug Church. Mm. What's time. what's Drug Church in Spanish? I'll embarrass myself. Iglesia de Drogas. There yeah, you go. that's cool. Yeah, Patrick's over here. Como esta. Uh, listen, donde está la comida vegan? Biblioteca. So, for our listeners, uh, Drug Church has a good amount of uh, uh, of listeners in Puerto Rico, and I've said this for years that I want to do I want to do some of our songs in Spanish, just some of the ones that already exist. Just do like a little little EP or whatever. And people have offered to help me with my Spanish, but it might be a lost cause, man. I'm I like I'm bad. If you write <laughs> it out like phonetically, you might be able to do it. Maybe. I mean, they're not going to um, write a word for word for you, and you're not going to be able to like sing it. No, and also you might it might change the 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 the, the flow of the song. It, it it would, but I I mean my I'm so bad at what I do anyway that fucking like it should just be an interesting you know I'm sure that something can be made of it. I'm gonna start translating uh, weed pen. There you go. Do it, mm. please. Love it. Um, I, I'm a quick shout out to Bikini Kill. Quick shout out to uh, Bratmobile. Quick shout out to the first Slater Kinney LP, even though I like their way more indie material better. I think a lot of the Riot Girl kind of era stuff gets lost on the hardcore world. Um, some of it will seem very foreign, and then some of it you'll be like, oh, this this fits right next to a lot of the stuff I listen to. Um, Can you kill playing New York tonight? Oh, no oh are they? Damn. All right. They played the pier last night, Pier 17, which is this like giant outside. Giant. Uh, venue on a rooftop on the on the South Street Seaport Pier, mm-hmm. um, and then tonight they're playing Irvin Plaza like a underplay. Mm. I'd like to see them. I haven't seen them. No, uh, supposedly great live band. I'd like to see them as well. People freak out, but I uh, really like their. It was the the first EP is like a split with Huggy Bear, and I think that material is really good. Um, Guys, we could talk about this more. Uh, punk music is pretty cool. Maybe, maybe we're rebranding to uh, Axe to Grind the Punk Music Podcast. Yeah, you, we'll, have to, it, we'll have to do a lot more work. I gotta tell you. If you thought, yeah, exactly. And if you thought I uh, irritated people with my hardcore takes, um, <laughs> not, not yeah, I only have so many punk stories I can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> punk's not <laughs> dead. Went, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! What's up, Axe to Grind? I'm calling in from Minneapolis to report on a show that I actually attended down in Chicago. Took a little road trip this past uh, holiday weekend 
to uh, go attend a DIY show at this uh, spot called The Galaxy in, I believe, the Ravenswood neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois. It was on July 3rd. Um, we went down there. It was kind of cool. You know, we, me and my partner both had Monday off because of the 4th. Didn't really want to do anything July 4th related because this country's a shithole. But we figured, hey, why not go see a hardcore show, maybe do some touristy things in Chicago. And uh, it was a really cool trip. But sadly, we showed up late to the show. Um, we got lost looking for the venue. We ended up going to the wrong address, trying to navigate a city that we don't live in, taking buses and trains. We ended up going to the wrong spot. It was a whole kind of mess. Um, so sadly, we missed a couple of the openers, which was a bummer because those openers included Stress Positions, who I believe is new members of the band Chew from Chicago. Um, and if any of you guys have heard that, especially that album from 2020 that Chew did, it's it's unfuck with a bullet. It's an amazing, you know, really fast, uh, hardcore, really, really in your face, great shit. Um, so I really wanted to see what Stress Positions was about, but I'm sure I'll get another chance to see them. Um, there's a couple other bands that played, but again, I didn't see them, so don't want to report on them. But I did get there in time to see the two bands I really wanted to see, which which were um, first up was Snuffed out of Chicago who I feel like is really kind of blowing up and having a little bit of a moment right now, and it felt really special to catch them, especially at this show. I think I saw that this was their last um, local show of the year uh, outside of festivals and that sort of thing, so it was really cool seeing them in you know, a, a DIY space. It was an all-ages venue, no alcohol, no drugs, um, <laughs> no bar at all, so there was no water either that was easily accessible, so that kind of brought me back to my days of being a kid and going to DIY shows. I grew up in Texas going to shows at uh, 1919 Hemphill in Fort Worth, shout out to 1919, uh, but <laughs> it just kind of reminded me of those days a little bit, so that was fun and kind of nostalgic for me, but, um, but yeah, Snuffed, they really fucking brought it. I really highly recommend checking out their new album, uh, I believe it's called Coping Human Waste, um, it's full of riffs, full of breakdowns that are just really catchy, uh, you know, just kind of joyful-ass, angry, hardcore um, that I'm sure a lot of Axe to Grind listeners would really love. If you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. And also, it just really kind of brought, you know, some warmth to my heart seeing the crowd there, too, because it was, it was a lot of kids, you know, coming out and having fun, having a good time. A lot of kids who weren't white men, which was always cool to see, you know, people of all kind of walks of life really getting in and really kind of being over for this band snuffed and being into it. Um, so that was just, it was just, it felt special to see. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for snuffed. I know they are playing a lot of, a lot of festivals. So if they're playing something coming to a town near you, I highly recommend checking them out. And then after snuffed was this band called Gum, G-U-M-M, out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they were super fucking cool, too. Um, they definitely play... It's unmistakably hardcore, but there's also some kind of cool chorusy guitar, kind of interesting kind of stuff going on there, too. They're not afraid to play something that you wouldn't normally hear on a hardcore record, but still, all the while, making very, very clear, unmistakable hardcore tunes that make you want to move and uh, make you want to scream and all that good stuff. Uh, highly recommend checking out Gum, too. I think they have a new record coming out pretty soon. Check that out. It's awesome. Um, uh, picked up a shirt from both Gum and Snuff. I'm fucking stoked to wear them around Minneapolis um, and support these new bands. I just wanted to turn these bands onto you guys' radars if you haven't seen them or heard about them because I feel like they're both kind of on the ascent and uh, it just it felt really cool to be in this kind of special uh, special space and seeing this show. So highly recommend both those bands. 
Uh, highly recommend going to Chicago if you <laughs> if you haven't checked it out as a city very much. We did a very uh, touristy boat tour that was really fun on uh, the Chicago River and on Lake Michigan. So shout out to touristy tours. Um, and yeah, signing off. Thanks.